police in the morning. Corey knows the meaning of Murphy's Law. If something could go wrong, it went wrong for Corey. Loaded with work, downtrodden and scarred from daily scrutiny, Corey has nothing to look forward to. When he and his stepbrother Biff get into a heated argument over a girl they both like, the end result is deadly. Horrified and confused, Corey winds up in a tangled web of lies, deception, and murder. An oddly compelling and warped film with bizarre twists around every corner. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the B Movie Bros. Here we B Movies, the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So it's the month of July. I got to pick our topic, and it is namesake month. So every movie has to have a character whose name is either Corey or Paul. And since last week there was a character named Paul, as disappointing as that Paul may have been, this week we had to go with one with a character named Corey. And the film is aptly titled Little Corey Gory from 1993. And you heard the back of the DVD case of the four-pack of drop-dead gorgeous movies. Uh, let's let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom. Let's uh, let's get out the the bad first. What was the what was the bottom here? All right, you want to kick things off? Sure, I'll kick off the Corey. So number three, the dialogue in this movie is just it's pretty bland. There's nothing out of the ordinary. There's a couple good lines, but not, nothing to uh, get too excited about. Number two, the whole setup to this movie is based on buying tickets to see Ozzy, as in Ozzy Osbourne, in concert. But all the music done in the movie and the music videos that are on TV are for a band named Creature. Why didn't they just use the band Creature as the band for both teens to be interested in? It just really made a lot more sense. Because they wanted to relate to all the young kids watching this film. And then number one, there's a reoccurring... Uh, fucking news story about some serial killer who escaped from a mental asylum or some shit like that throughout the movie, and it just goes nowhere. I mean, he shows up, and then he's gone. I mean, he could have made a great new stepfather and mentor for Corey, but no, no. The biggest plot device they could have worked with, and they just, they send away. That's what I was kind of hoping would happen at the end, like, he'd see Corey murdering somebody and be like, You've done well, young Padawan. <laughs> I shall teach you the ways of murder. Alright, number three. The dialogue in this film is overall really generic and forgettable, which is really disappointing when you consider all the r- just ridiculous shit that happens in it. There's a lot of potential for some really good one-liners. Number two. With the exception of the neighbors who barely have anything to do with this movie in the first place, Every other character is a piece of shit. They are they're they were either abusive, violent, manipulative, or well, murder happy. I really can't blame Corey for going a bit insane. Hell, if I had been in his his shoes, I would have probably started murdering people a lot earlier. And number one, this movie feels more like a prequel to a slasher series than a you know, I guess slasher film, whatever this be considered. Most of the characters who die were killed by accident, making the film seem more like a origin story of like a would-be serial killer named Cory Gory. And so it was also kind of weird that his last name just happened to be Gory. <laughs> that was kind of lame. Well, and, and on top of that, I, I don't know if that was his adoptive name because like his stepbrother and his stepmother both have the last name Gory. 
If for a minute I was thinking they just called him Corey Gory, it's kind of like um, in Joe Dirt. It's like, it's not his his parents' last name. They just call him Joe Dirt because they hate him. <laughs> All right, so on to the top three. For me, number three. This movie is an hour 23 minutes, and really it didn't feel like that at all. It was paced really well, and things kept moving. It didn't have, like, scenes of nothing happening, like a 10-minute scene of water skiing, and then another 5-minute scene of water skiing a half a second later. Number two. I genuinely feel bad for Corey. He's led on by a girl that obviously wants nothing to do with him, but his naivety gets the better of him, and he just keeps, you know, giving in to her wants and needs. And really, I mean, for this movie, as bad as it is to actually elicit an emotional response, like, I gotta say, like, that's that, that's a good thing. Fucking Jackie, like, I, I don't know if... I think his stepmom was the worst character, objectively, but she was a fucking bitch. And number one, Corey finally snaps and just decides that killing is the best way to deal with everything in his life. And you know what? Like Paul said earlier, I, I don't blame him one bit at all. Like, if I was in that situation, I probably would have started doing that a lot earlier. Alright, for my top three, number three, this may be one of the most cynical films I've ever seen. Corey acts like he forgot to do his homework rather than then he just killed his stepbrother after he accidentally, you know, chopped his brother's hand off in, like, the cheesiest fucking scene ever. Which is just glorious. The first concern his stepmother has after having been tied up and starved for a week is whether or not there's beer in the fridge, and everyone in the neighborhood just seems only mildly concerned over the obvious child abuse going on at the Gory house. The neighbors seem to show about as much concern for a loud party as they do for a potential murder. In fact, there actually is a murder murderer shown on TV throughout the movie, but it's completely ignored by everybody, as if it's just another event going on in the world that has nothing to do with them. Not to mention that bitch Jackie seems to think that a minor argument with her parents is on par with Cora's abusive household and, you know, murder, murder troubles. It's just so cynical that it just makes the ending of the film much more satisfying. But I'll get into that in a little bit. I mean, it, you just have to wonder if their neighborhood was really that shitty that, like, this was the this was the norm. I feel like it's meant to be, like, a take on, like, modernity or whatever year this took place in 80s. This whole thing is a critique of the 1980s. Like, I mean, they had the, the, the clothes, the hair, everything, so... Yeah, 80s. I was born at the end of the 80s, but I'm assuming it was all a bad time. It was um, B, uh, BP before Paul. <laughs> so. Alright, anyways, number two. So, the neighbor was arguably the best character in the movie. He was only on screen for a few scenes, but he's just had this sarcastic attitude toward everything going on around him. And it was hilarious every time you see him. It kept the film from, fe from feeling too serious, and in a lot of ways, he personified just the um, nonchalant attitude that everyone had. It's like, well, the middle lady might have been murdered. Eh, at least I don't have any bills. Man, this party's really annoying. You know, I might call the cops if they keep that up. Like, you know, really, he, I, just, he just shows up on screen to bitch about the neighbors. It's awesome. It's great. But I love when he just shows up to their gory house, shaking in, his finger up. In his bathroom. Yeah, you don't shut the fuck up. I'm calling the cops. It was just glorious. And number one, the ending of this movie is just fantastic. 
After being tied up for days, Corey's bitch of a stepmother breaks free and tries to murder him, only to be gunned down by the police, thus allowing Corey the chance to pin all the murders that he technically committed in, on purpose or by accident on her. After the shit life that Corey had and all the terrible things that he went through, I'm glad that ultimately he had a happy ending. He may not be technically a good person, but you know what? I feel he deserved the ending that he got. Now he can just start his life over and walk walk to school with the, the neighbor girl that that's all she wants. She just wants to just wants him to walk her to school. Yeah, I think she was like the only genuinely good person throughout this movie, but Corey kind of ignored her for Jackie, which I hope after this experience she learns um he learned a valuable lesson. It's truly a coming-of-age film. Even though we both had a little bit of a problem with the uh, dialogue in this movie, we still managed to pull out a couple quotes to have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. quote war. So we'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. I'll get us started off with, I don't eat breakfast in the morning. Got a beer or something? Beer is calories. Get the belt. This won't take long. Keep your clothes off. Get moving, donkey dick. Your school is run by shit-faced communist liberals, so if you think I'm going to let you run off and get some bimbo slut pregnant, you better think about it again. You into bondage too, Tubby? You keep quiet or I'll call the cops. And that ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time for our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scales are a reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 3 out of 10. I also gave it a 3 out of 10. Little Cory Gory is like a feature-length adultier version of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The tale of the boy who couldn't get laid. Cory goes through all this trouble to impress a girl, and it just drives him into madness and murder. There's also the years of mental and physical abuse from the hands of his step-family. But, you know, that's beside the point. The characters are pretty one-dimensional, the special effects are almost non-existent, but this movie has a certain charm that makes it undeniably enjoyable. It is one of those movies that's so bad, it's good. And you know what? I'd watch it again. Not, like, every night, but if I happened to come into the room and it was on, I'd definitely sit down and watch it. It's kind of like one of those shitty movies on the Sci-Fi Channel on Saturday. Like, you can't help but just sit down and, like, finish it. If you walked into your house and said, Well, TV, what do you have for me tonight? Well, I have Cory Gory. You're like, all right, I'll stay in this room. Right. Little Cory Gory is a story about a young man named, named Cory Gory, who, after years of torment, manages to inadvertently dispose of everyone who made his life a living hell. The world that little Cory Gory is set in is truly a cynical one. It's full of abuse, bullying, murder, and manipulation. And those who aren't actively engaging in these acts are completely indifferent to the suffering of those around them, as they're too absorbed into their own lives to care. The reaction of the, these characters show towards the aforementioned acts are completely out of proportion with how the re, they realistically should be, as an accidental murder is treated with the same level of outrage as jaywalking. While these underwhelming reactions come off as hilarious through their poorly acted delivery, the whole movie feels kind of unsettling at times when you consider how serious some of the subject matter really is. Luckily, by the end of the film, a surprise twist of fate ultimately saves Corey from, from succumbing to the, 
to the nihilistic reality he lives in, showing that even in a world as cruel as his, there may be some cosmic justice after all. So there you have it, a 3 out of 10 for both of us. A fairly, fairly fun and enjoyable movie. Oh yeah, it's definitely not the best movie, but it's so bad in so many ways and just oddly entertaining. But I know it's time to drink away the flick, drink away the flick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll get some drinking games for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time Corey says, stepmother, take a drink. Number two, every time the neighbor girl shows up, take a drink. Number three, whenever someone mentions drugs, take a drink. Number four, anytime Corey gets denied by Jackie, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's namesake month, whenever someone says Paul, Corey, or your name, take a drink. Every time someone mentions Ozzy, take a drink. Every time the murderer is shown on TV, take a drink. Every time someone mentions Corey's scars, take a drink. And every time someone uses a phone, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the stick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at bmoviebros.gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats from our website bmoviebros.com, where new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. Well, we come to the end of week three here in Namesake Month. We've seen three movies. Let's rank them. For me, number three, Little Cory Gory. I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. It was that charming, low-quality bullshit that I just I can't help but love. But it was a little light on the gore. Number two, Demon Wind. Great special effects, ridiculous what-the-fuck-is-going-on moments, and all-around good times. Also, another Cory movie. Number one, though, Murder Party. One of the more unique horror films we've watched, and, you know, it just had some great, fun dialogue, and, you know, played out well. I number three, Demon Wind. I enjoyed it. It was a very bad, good film, or good, bad film. I'm not really sure, but, you know, lots of shit happened that didn't make sense, and I had a good time watching it. But number two, I'm actually going to put Little Cory Gory above it. It was... It had a lot of the same kind of features as Demon Wind being a bad film that I enjoyed, but there's something kind of existential about it that kind of made me feel stuff in ways about stuff. Paul has feelings now. Oh, and about the Corey movie, too. <laughs> Number one is definitely Murder Party. I mean, you got a bunch of art students attempting and failing to murder a guy. Lots of blood in unique ways, and, you know, it was hilarious. And overall, just the most satisfying of the three. So, next week, we uh, we finish out Namesake Month with another Paul movie. All right. Uh, this time, we're, we're taking a realm into, into drama and action with the 1982 film Death Wish 2. Starring Charles Bronson as yeah. Paul Kirby. Let's see who he takes his vengeance out on this time. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Yeah.